Hello everyone and welcome to the December 18th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with WorkComp Academy. Let's get started with this week's report. In national news, one of the most stunning workers' compensation awards came from Texas this week, a state thought to be one of the most conservative in the industry. Charles Tate, a maintenance supervisor, fell while holding a chainsaw while trimming trees at a San Antonio apartment complex. A Texas jury handed him a $70 million verdict this week against Discover Property and Casualty and their administrator, J.I. Specialty Services. Tate suffered severe neck and shoulder injuries that made manual labor impossible. On six occasions, the Workers' Compensation Division of the Texas Department of Insurance sided with Tate in his battle to have the insurance company retrain him as a real estate agent. Six years after his injury, a jury found that he suffered mental anguish because the insurance company delayed paying for rehabilitative job training. The jury also found that the carrier and administrator knowingly engaged in an unfair and deceptive act. Of the $70 million verdict, $20 million was awarded for past and future mental anguish, $20 million in attorney fees, and $30 million in punitive damages. Tate's attorney acknowledged that it could be years before his client receives compensation as he anticipates a lengthy appeal. Also in national news, officials claim that rogue physicians are behind some of the Florida pain clinics. Authorities say unscrupulous pain management centers are attracting crime and fueling a spike in drug overdose deaths. Florida leaders are calling for laws that would bar felons from running pain clinics. But some legislators claim that rogue physicians are just as serious a problem. A quarter of the Palm Beach County pain clinic practitioners have been cited for wrongdoing by the state health department. County and federal law enforcement agencies increasingly are targeting drug users and traffickers, both of which largely rely on pills supplied by pain clinics. In only six months, these doctors and others prescribe 2.4 million oxycodone tablets. According to a grand jury report, a third of the doctors in Palm Beach County earned a medical degree outside the United States. Only one in six of the doctors reported specialized training in anesthesiology, a common area of concentration for pain management practitioners. The rest signed on at pain clinics after studying ophthalmology, urology, plastic surgery, and other specialties unrelated to pain management. This report could perhaps be a wake-up call for claims examiners and SIU units here in California. Speakers at the Casualty Actuarial Society annual meeting this month claim that proposed health care reform and the shifting medical landscape will have a major impact on workers' compensation. A number of the pre-reform measures have already started to change workers' compensation. The stimulus bill included funding for development and implementation of electronic health records, or EHR. EHR supports clinical decision-making, physician order entry, and clinical data capture and sharing, and carriers will access this information instantly. 
The stimulus bill also calls for an estimated $1.3 billion investment in various agencies to conduct research to evaluate the effectiveness of specific procedures and the impact of medical care on functionality, outcomes, and quality of life. This is likely to directly affect Medicare reimbursement policies, and over time, this will impact private pay and workers' compensation. This is believed to be a strong positive for workers' comp. Adding more science to medicine will dramatically improve outcomes and potentially reduce costs. Drug pricing, however, is one area of potential change where the likely impact on workers' compensation will not be so positive. Currently, the United States is the only developed country where the government does not negotiate drug prices with pharmaceutical manufacturers. But this could change under several reform bills now under consideration. In California, here are some regulatory developments. Claim administrators should note that the mileage rate for medical and medical legal travel expenses will be decreased to 50 cents per mile effective January 1st. This rate must be paid for travel on or after January 1st, 2010, regardless of the date of injury. Labor Code Section 4600, in conjunction with the Government Code and the Department of Personnel Administration regulations, establishes the rate payable for mileage reimbursement for medical and medical legal expenses. The rate is tied to the Internal Revenue Service published mileage reimbursement rate. The mileage rates for 2010 reflect slightly lower transportation costs compared to a year ago. The unpaid mileage reimbursement form is posted on the DWC website. Also, the DWC has posted a revised 173-page benefit notice manual and sample benefit notices on the web this week. The manual provides advice for the accurate and timely completion of benefit notices and mandatory forms that meet the requirements of the administrative director's regulations. The model notices are in English and in Spanish. The manual represents a combined effort of insurers, self-insured employers, third-party administrators, and employer and employee representative groups working together with the DWC. The model notices in this manual may be revised to fit an individual claims administrator's preferences with the exception of the mandatory forms. Claims administrators may continue to use forms that were used before this manual was produced as long as those forms meet the current requirements set forth in sections 9810 through 9815 of the regs. Ultimately, the claims administrator is responsible for compliance with the regulatory a scheme governing the issuance of benefit notices regardless of whether these model notices are used. The manual may be downloaded using the link on the news page of our website. And now, some financial news. In 1995, the California legislature allowed state insurers far greater flexibility in setting rates for workers' compensation insurance. But for reasons beyond price deregulation, the changes ushered in a period of great premium price volatility. A new RAND Institute report recommended that California address this historical workers' compensation market volatility. RAND researchers believe that California's workers' compensation insurance market will remain vulnerable to wide swings in performance unless these changes are made. 
Insurer profits dropped dramatically during the second half of the 90s, and 31 insurers failed. Premium prices also fluctuated widely, and the market has been like a roller coaster for more than a decade. This volatility makes it harder for businesses to plan and threatens the ongoing health of the insurance market. The fallout from this market volatility has been widespread. Employers ultimately will be assessed nearly $5 billion to pay for the unresolved claims left behind by insolvent insurers. The RAND study did not, however, recommend that California re-regulate workers' compensation rates. They did offer recommendations to reduce the volatility of the market and the frequency of insolvencies while realizing the benefits of a competitive market. The WCIRB just published the financial results for California insurers through the end of September 2009. For the most part, it was not very good financial news. Essentially, the report reflects that premium dollars collected are down while claims costs are up. The financial results are supportive of the earlier WCIRB recommended 22% rate increase, which were rejected by the insurance commissioner and so far have not been followed by California insurers. Specifically, gross written premium is down 19% compared to last year. After reflecting for the estimated impact of the Olga V. and Almarez Guzman decisions, the ultimate accident year 2008 combined loss and expense ratio is 111%. The WCRB estimates that the average cost or severity of a 2008 indemnity claim will be approximately $57,000. This represents the third consecutive double-digit severity increase after sharp severity declines between 2003 and 2005. And now, our fraud report. California Attorney General Edmund Brown sued a Los Angeles car wash for $2.6 million for employment law violations, including denying injured employees workers' compensation benefits. Brown's legal action was investigated by his underground economy unit as part of a statewide crackdown on companies that break worker protection laws. The suit contends that the company failed to pay the state minimum wage to its employees. And on days when there were no customers, employees sometimes would not be paid at all. Employees were often forced to work six days a week from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. without overtime pay. Employees were often paid in cash so that the company would not have to pay into the state unemployment fund or withhold pay for state taxes. The employer also allegedly failed to provide safe working conditions or report industrial injuries suffered by employees. Brown seeks to recover $630,000 in unpaid wages for the company's workers and to assess $2 million in penalties. The Attorney General is also seeking an injunction to prevent similar violations in the future. A former Department of Corrections employee has been ordered to repay the California Public Employees Retirement System over $244,000 that she received while supposedly being disabled. June Ann Lucinda is serving a seven-year prison sentence for the fraud. 
In 2007, a jury convicted her of a variety of insurance fraud-related charges. According to evidence at her trial, she was legitimately injured on the job, but she subsequently began receiving workers' compensation benefits and also filed for disability retirement with CalPERS. After she recovered from her injury, she continued to claim she was severely restricted in her physical activities. But surveillance videos showed her riding a jet ski and going down water slides without any problems. The $244,000 restitution is the amount of money she obtained from CalPERS. Superior Court Judge Michael Sweet ordered the full amount requested by CalPERS and the defense did not contest the amount of money owed. And finally, here's our litigation report. A near decade decade-long dispute between the City of Los Angeles controller and the city attorney over workers' compensation audits is getting closer to a resolution. The disagreement escalated last year when then-City Attorney Rocky Delgadillo refused to allow then-City Controller Laura Chick to audit the workers' compensation program managed by his office. Chick responded by issuing subpoenas to six Delgadillo employees. Delgadillo responded with a lawsuit. More broadly, the suit asks the question, does the elected city controller have the power to audit another elected official? Both Chick and Delgadillo are now out of office, and the current office holders, city controller Wendy Gruel and city attorney Carmen Trutanich, are continuing the courtroom fight. Superior Court Judge Mark Mooney ruled this week that the city charter did not grant the controller the power to evaluate the city attorney's handling of workers' compensation issues. Nor does the city controller have the legal authority to conduct performance audits on any other elected official, including the mayor and members of the city council. Gruel said she believes the judge misinterpreted the law and she plans to appeal the ruling. That's all our news for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with WorkComp Academy. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.